Welcome to Mecca Talks, your access all areas pass to the beauty, business and lifestyle experts we call our community. I'm Kate Blythe, Chief Marketing Officer here at Mecca and your host. In today's episode, I'm talking to celebrity makeup artist and founder of Westman Atelier, Gucci Westman. everyone. A few weeks ago, we had the pleasure of hosting the illustrious Gucci Westman here at Mecca HQ. Not only is Gucci supremely talented and accomplished, she is also a world famous makeup artist who's worked with some of the most incredible people throughout her illustrious career. She came to spend some time with us. She visited our stores. She met our customers. She met all of the Mecca world and talked us through some of the incredible work she has been doing over the years. She's collaborated with the likes of Spike Johns, Bruce Weber, Grace Coddington, Stephen Mizell, and she is a makeup artist to the stars for Anne Hathaway, Jennifer Aniston, Cameron Diaz, even Martha Stewart. Gucci is surely the master of no makeup makeup. She makes everybody she touches with her makeup brushes look effortlessly gorgeous and glowy. And Gucci's brand Westman Atelier is the culmination of her wholesome upbringing on an ashram and in Sweden and her celebration of ageing and enhancing the skin you're in and decades of a world-renowned career in artistry. Gucci's products are as luxe as they are high-performing and the Mecca team say they are nothing short of obsessed. Let's chat to Gucci now. Hi Gucci, thank you so much for joining me on Mecca Talks in our studio in Melbourne. We are so delighted to have you here. Thank you Kate, thank you Mecca Talks and thank you to the Mecca team for having me and arranging such a memorable, wonderful experience for us and we're so excited for our complexion drops. So thank you first of all for your time. We honestly couldn't do this without you. But tell me a bit about this trip and what it feels like to be back here in Australia and back seeing the Mecca team. So, you know, as it worked out, we had no intention of launching with Mecca in Australia originally, like that early of a a stage in our process. But we couldn't resist Marita and Joe. You know, (laughs) it was almost as if it was meant to be because somehow Marita had gotten my email And we sort of kept canceling and we had a meeting and then I think David canceled the meeting an hour before she was supposed to come. And she's like, no, I actually changed my flight. I'm coming. (laughs) So then we were like, "Okay, (laughs) Brilliant. You know, it really was meant to be. Marita sat down and we felt as if we've known her for ever, as if she was a member of the family. And then we met Joe and they're like, I guess we're launching with Mecca Uh. in Australia. And, you know, we share so many values. We, Mm -hmm. We honestly love what Mecca does, what Mecca stands for, the sense of family, the pride, the passion that's associated with Mecca. And just the curiosity, I feel like, is what makes me think of Joe and Pete. What they've created and the fact that they're still going, going, going and want to, you know, do more and more and more. That, I want to be a part of that. I want to be mm. a part of something that wants bigger, better, more amazing. 
It's know? that passion, isn't it? And yeah. how long after your brand had launched was this? Because the story is that you started the Westman Atelier brand in the US. At Barney's and, only. And Barney's only. And you had no international outpost. No, we so didn't intend was, on it. And this then was it your was first. Like, and then this it, was our first. Yeah. And it was, um, you know, I think it's our most important. And we launched one year after our Barney's launch Amazing. with Mecca. And I came here in 2019 was the last time I came and both of my suitcases were lost really they were lost for my entire stay I got them as I was heading back to the airport <laughs> to go to Paris but you know as the spirit of Mecca everybody hooked me up and yeah Marita knew somebody who owned, a, who owned a store and I was able to borrow clothes and everybody was offering, oh, do you want to borrow my shoes? Do you need do you want to borrow, a, do you need a toothbrush? And I was like, sure. But it's just such such hospitality and such a sense of welcoming and, and family. And it's also very sincere. That's what I really love. It's, it's a joyful experience. I, I do feel that makeup should be associated with joy. Yeah. It should be a joyful part of your life. It shouldn't be a burden. It should be joyful. It shouldn't be overwhelming. And I feel like that really resonates with me. That's that, that's kind of like what I think about with Mecca. It's been a whirlwind trip. And I mean, the Mecca team are just so delighted to have you here. And I know that just hearing you talk about the product and talk about the brand brings it to life in such different ways. And we've obviously recently launched the incredibly innovative and very beautiful complexion drops, which are your newest endeavor. Tell us a little bit about those. When you think of the Westman Atelier brand, they kind of personify everything about it. I think you're absolutely right. Thank you for noticing that. So I think that the the drops, the Vital Skin Care Complexion Drops, would be my my biggest, I think, achievement thus far in terms of creating such an innovative, luxurious texture without using any silicones, um, harmful ingredients of any sort. It's actually truly a skincare serum that happens to do your makeup, but it really is. It's not sort yeah. of fake levels of anything. It really is levels that will actually do something for your skin. And it, this formula came about from myself and formulator and the chemist sitting in the lab together and hashing over what my dream was. The yeah. formula, the texture, the finish, all of the things that I wanted. And it, there was no benchmark. It was kind of like, I want it to be light but rich. I want it to have this finish. I want it to be easy. I want it to feel, you know, that it's doing something all day long. I want it to feel softer and smoother and plumper and more hydrated when you remove it. And I want it to reduce my pores and make my skin less red. So only and a few things then. <laughs> only a few things. And so I had all of these things that I wanted to check off. And one of our key ingredients is called subaki oil. And it's the it's cold pressed oil from the camellia seed flower, the Japanese camellia seed flower. And we have that at an incredibly high level, the highest amount we were able to include it at. And it's an incredibly expensive ingredient. And I remember our chemist Lavinia said, Oh, I don't think we can use that, you know, because it's so expensive. I don't think David will agree to that. And I was like, oh, yes, he will. <laughs> David will agree. And we had to call to get his perm his permission. And, of course, he, he did agree. And, you know, it just makes it different. I think it's our— pure luxury. It's pure luxury. Yeah. It's easy. It's kind of modern luxury, you know, yeah. because it's easy— it's super high-performing, it's luxurious, and it's— you know, it's skincare. So it's like all of the things I think about women 
today what their needs are, what they want, and you know mm. what is what are they craving. And I'm always looking for what is it, what are what I, what can I do for somebody? What do they crave? You know, what do yeah. they want right now? And I think of like the Australian aesthetic, and this is the Australian aesthetic for sure it's, in a bottle, right? Yeah, it's the Australian aesthetic in a bottle, and it's. The right amount of radiance. It feels beautiful. It's this gorgeous cushiony serum. You know, you just, it's so, so easy. It's like modern skin. It's kind of yeah. like a woman who does a lot. She's not just kind of like sitting there mm. doing her makeup for five hours. But yeah. She's got other things going on, beautiful and fresh and feel confident. And have that glow. And she wants to know that she's mm. using products that are good for her. And, you know, our, our brand is truly a lifestyle brand. And, I think that where we set ourselves apart is, you know, the the skincare, active ingredients, yep. the performance. Of course, I'm a makeup artist. Yeah, it has that impact. I think that's the beauty of it as well. And there was a great question earlier with the complexion drops. And obviously, we'll get into the brand more generally. But with the complexion drops, because they are skincare with makeup benefits, mm-hmm. how do you use them? Do you, use, do you have to do your skincare first? Do you have to do the skincare plus this? Uh, or do you roll back the skincare? What, how would you advise people to use mm-hmm. the complexion drops? That's a great question. So you, you actually don't have to use skincare prior to using the drops, but I, I just personally prefer having extra time for my kind of wellness and beauty routine but I wouldn't advise using an oil. You don't need an oil because this is an oil base. You know, just kind of a lighter moisturizer, just not oil. And it goes on beautifully without or with moisturizer. Mm-hmm. There's no pilling. There's no disruption with any other products. It, it's really beautiful. It's it's. I can safely say the most beautiful complexion product I've ever used in my entire career you know, I agree. And that's you know. Oh, think that's I like do comparing to love it. Just the feeling on the skin is so game changing. Isn't yeah. it so unique? It's kind of like you don't know what to expect, and in the, it's in this gorgeous little toddle that's made out of the waste of sugar cane. Yeah, it's which is Braska. incredible. <laughs> that makes me so proud. Knowing you know, it's it's a bottle that was inspired by a travel sunscreen I got in Italy years ago, and I kept. I held on to it because I, I like the shape. But there's 30 mLs. It just looks small and sporty. Yeah. And it just is easy. And I, I think that, you know, today for me, luxury is really the time that a brand invests on yeah. their product. You know? And it shouldn't be complicated. You should be able to buy something like that and be able to use it yourself. Mm-hmm. And obviously you have amazing content where you show how to use it in the best possible way. But you also want people to be able to use it at speed so they yeah. can get on with their lives. Um, the coverage is good. It's not yeah. like little coverage. It's great coverage. You end up using the foundation stick, the vital skin foundation, the vital foundation stick actually as a concealer now. So they work super well together. I like that it's all kind of like a system. So it all kind of is meant to be together. And taking it back to the very, very beginning, obviously you've had the most phenomenal career in fashion and in beauty and as a makeup artist and work with some of the most incredible superstars over time. Mm. Even before that, mm. that you're sort of growing up, um, you grew up in Sweden, mm-hmm. um, you grew up in an ashram. How did you how did you kind of find your desire and passion for beauty and makeup and artistry? And what led you to the, you know, the hot streets of New York and working with the likes of Grace Coddington and um, Stephen Mizell and, and Madonna? Well, I think it's a combination of things. I mean, I think obviously... I was incredibly lucky to, 
be in the right place at the right time several times. But I also, you know, there's a few elements there. I think there's obviously luck, but there's so many talented people in the world, mm. but they don't necessarily get that opportunity to be shot, to shine and to be noticed. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, if the stars align and you're able to kind of maintain that, you know, that's another story because it's, there's like this saying that it's easy to get to the top, but it's hard to stay there. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like, you know, and being a freelance artist, I think also you, you're constantly hustling. You're not yeah. sure if you're going to get another job or how good, you know, you're just constantly, and I'm always so, so self-deprecating. I grew up in Sweden, so it's very sort of like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not good. Or, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that. When I look back at all of all of those things combined, growing, living in an ashram in California, never having eaten meat in my life, always growing up with like organic food, no sugar, no dairy, all that stuff, you know, having that be table stakes in our household as, yeah. a, as a young person and really trying to rebel and not liking it at some stage, but then realizing that kind of seeping into your psyche at the same just, time. It makes you feel yeah. better long term, you know, it just is kind of like makes more sense to, to me. And, you know, this is a lifestyle brand and Mm. all of those elements, all of my artistry over the years, I still work as a makeup artist, you know, all of that. I'm able to bring all of those experiences and put them into this brand. Yeah. You know, and I have super high expectations. And so I think that serves us and, you know, our our customer well, because I won't put anything out that's less than perfect in in my mind. And And that's also good for you as well. I mean, that's really important to the brand. It has to have a a benefit. You know, we just actually ended up canceling a formula because I didn't think it was good enough. I didn't think it actually did, you know, what we we wanted it to do. And so I I canceled it and I was really disappointed because I was excited. But, you know, I'd rather I just don't want to disappoint others. Yeah. I'd rather kind of like just, you know, come back later when there's different alternative ingredients that might that might work better. But um, I think that all of those things informed kind of like what sort of brand yeah. Westman Atelier would be. It's like all roads have led yeah, to this every, place. You know, and, and it's the ideating portion of Westman Atelier was was definitely tricky mm. originally because, you know, you have to assemble a team who can do yeah. all these things. And it's one of the only, team members is your husband. Yes, thank God. <laughs> but it's not only, you know, okay, I need to find which lab to work with. That was the easiest. But yeah. then there's so many other parts. You need a supply chain. You need packaging. You need so many. And it was just originally, you know, David and I. Yeah. And and then all of those pieces started to fall into place. But it's definitely, as David always says, and it's so true, the process is the reward. Yeah. You know, because all of those hardships, you look back and you're like, that's part of the process. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't feel rewarding if it, it wasn't for the process. And, you know, I remember early on, I liked the packaging, the Byredo packaging. Yeah. I liked the fragrance yeah, bottle. beautiful. And we were inspired by fragrance packaging. And so I wanted to find out who did the packaging mm-hmm. for Byrida, who yeah. the creative agency was. And I grew up in Sweden. I found out it was a Swedish agency. So I got a meeting with them in Stockholm. But to save money, I flew via Iceland. <laughs> and I had a, like a six-hour layover in Iceland because I, I was like, I'm not going to spend $10,000 on a trip to meet with them that yeah. I could have spent $3,000 on. Yeah. You know, so, and I just, 
David is like, it's the process. It's the process. And I just (laughs) think that all of those, it's the hustle, it's the hardship, it's the integrity that's associated. It's that entrepreneurial spirit as well. And it's just doing it the right way, to be honest. Mm. It's kind of like we're not cutting corners and it feels really good. And you tell the story, you were telling me earlier that obviously you grew up in Sweden, your mom didn't want you to wear makeup. No. So you were, you know, sort of going to school, doing, applying makeup on your friends' faces on your own and then removing it when you got home. Mm. And I did that inform your style of that slight, you know, it's makeup, but not like full coverage makeup, that it's actually to really enhance beauty and the, the you know, beauty of an individual rather than just caking it on. Is, did you think that in, sort of informed no. your style? No. I went for it. You went for it. Yeah. So at school, were you sort of oh, fully made man. up? <laughs> I full, honestly, I really loved my bronzer. So there was some like gel bronzing stuff. And I would make my face. I look at pictures of myself from that period and my eyebrows. Oh, my God. And my mom was so upset with me because I tweezed my eyebrows into these thin lines. Yeah. And now I'm forever... Filling the thing we all did at that point. I know, and stage. she said, I trust me, that's the one thing God takes away from you yeah. that you don't want him to take yet. And yeah. and I was like, What are you talking about? And yeah, so the eyebrows that sucked, but I would make myself so brown and then these really pinky cheeks <laughs> and then this pinky lip, and then I did baby blue mascara and baby blue eyeshadow and I f- was feeling myself you like, were like I I'm, was I'm like loving I have arrived <laughs> I am here but it made me feel so good but I loved I always did love the the color the contrast of color and mm-hmm. what it does to your skin so I remember dyeing my hair really dark and reddish purplish one time and I was like oh that's interesting on my skin and I just like to play around, and then one yeah. day I would wear, like, red lipstick and brown eyeshadow, and, you know, I just love to You love the experimentation. But yeah. I think what really informed my style was the marriage of having worked in both movies and commercials, music videos, all of that, and combining that kind of experience with fashion. And you you were telling me earlier about um, some of those films that you worked on, being John Malkovich being one of them, which is an absolute movie classic. I mean, unbelievable. But also about, you know, your first meeting with Grace Coddington, who was at the time fashion director of American Vogue, and one of the most instrumental fashion directors in history. Mm. Um, and how did that all come about? Because that's not, they're not easy introductions to make. They're not sort of just, oh, hi, Grace Coddington. These are, these are kind of serendipitous introductions that would have opened up your world. Oh, completely. I mean, it was a series of events and really, you know, it, it started happening when I, I was working with Spike Jones and then there is a photographer in Los Angeles who was very close with called Paul Jasmine, who's friends with Bruce Weber. He told Bruce Weber that, oh, there's this girl in L.A. You should work with her. She does beautiful skin. And Bruce doesn't like to see the makeup. And and then Annie, you know, heard that Bruce Weber works with somebody who does not. And she also doesn't like to really see the makeup mm-hmm. as, as much, but very different to Bruce. She likes more finished. Yeah. And and. It's kind of like word of mouth is is so powerful in that industry because it is kind of small and it's when it happens to be the right people and you get yeah. the opportunity. I mean, listen, if I had blown it for those two jobs that I did with Grace, yeah, 
then, you know, I would It would have been a different route. It would have been a completely mm. different story for me. But, you know, what I did, she loved, I think, especially how I was fast. And, yeah. and I did something different. You know, it was different to, like, the, the story, especially, I think, with Arthur Elgort and Stella Tennant. And it was in the desert with his two boys, Warren and Ansel, who Ansel's now a famous movie star. Yeah. And uh, I used to babysit the two of them oh, wow. and everyone went for dinner because I was too tired. But I remember making Stella, we wanted her to look like she was, you know, in the prairie and she had been wandering in the prairie for weeks. So she was windblown. She was mm. tan. She was, you know, just a character. Yeah. She wasn't, you know, made up. It wasn't, there's nothing cosmetic about yeah. it. And I think that Grace didn't necessarily describe it that way to me, but I, that's how I interpreted yeah. that. So it's a real, like, um, creative kind uh, of partnership when you did these. I think it's a nuance, these, yeah. yeah. And she really responded to my approach, like, creating that sort of authenticity in the character because she loves a character. Yeah. So that, you know, led to a very fruitful and long partnership. And, you know, ultimately I feel... I still do editorial shoots, but it's very different today. You know, yeah. it's kind of not what it was. It's kind of a lot of new people. I don't, I don't recognize, you know, any of the names. And but I, of course, it's nice to get your rocks off and to create beautiful images. <laughs> but but it's not the. There was an iconic kind of period yeah. of time, and, and then, yeah, and I just remember getting options and feeling so excited. Yeah, and I and just loving it so much, and the way this seriousness which everybody brought to mm -hmm. the table. Everyone is so excited and, and so yeah. prepared and wanting to do something new and different for this person. And, you know, since covers always became really celebrities at yeah. a point, it was always about kind of like, how do we take them and make them into something different? Yeah. How do we like do a new thing? Transformation. Yeah. And, I, and it's just, it was a really fun time. And Tawny Goodman is also phenomenal at nuances, mm. you know, and I remember one of my favorite covers of Vogue was with Christy Turlington mm -hmm. and she was doing a yoga pose. That was like <laughs> a last thought picture, like we were done. And then Tawny said, let's, sh let's try this. Oh, wow. And then I was like, oh, good. I'm taking off the lip, you know, and we just kind of paired it back and it was just breathtaking. And I think that Magic. that was an iconic picture. Yeah. And I think that we did a number of those um, back then. And today, I don't know that I can remember so many magazine covers that I'm like, I, re I respond to and mm. I think, wow, like, God, they You mentioned they look one the other um, earlier about with Madonna. Mm. And I think that was, you know, Madonna's obviously, you know, one of the most iconic um, sort of pop stars mm. of the you know the recent times mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and pretty unbelievable really when you think about those all of those kind of really incredible moments what was it like working with that team and with Madonna in those sort of heydays and creating covers for Vanity Fair yeah that well specifically that cover of Madonna I had never worked with her and it was with Stephen we were in LA Stephen Mizell and I had been on this, like, little stint where I was working a lot with him for about a year. I don't know. Pat was busy, something where maybe she's doing her line, but I was really lucky to be there. <laughs> and I, I knew it wasn't forever, but I really loved it so much. And he's phenomenal. He's my favorite photographer I've ever worked with and always will be. But um, 
it the, just the the process. First, I started to do her makeup, and she wasn't being very nice, <laughs> and she kept like fidgeting, and you know, and she knew that she was testing me. And, you know, Garen, of course, the hairdresser. So Garen came over. He was doing the hair. And he said, Em, stop moving. She's getting you good. <laughs> and and then as soon as Madonna saw that Garen respected me and Stephen came in and said, she's getting you good, she sat there and she trusted. After that job, on the when I was on the plane that night, I had like 25 options with her. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And and I worked with her a bunch. She was, like, incredibly busy. So then I, I had one of my assistants, Aaron Smith, do some of the jobs. And now he's like, this is – I think he's been working with her for something like 10 years now. <laughs> so I <laughs> knew goodness. they would get on. Being a part of those sort of memorable – iconic shoots where you're just like, you know, this is going to be yeah. something. This is going to be mm. sort of history in the yeah. making, which I think is pretty amazing. And, and you know, when you think of all of those experiences you had, and then you said, you know, I know that towards the kind of crux point of launching Westman Atelier, what went through your mind in order to kind of think now is the time to launch my brand and now is the time to, to branch out and do something yeah. for me? I always loved product and I always, I just loved the process. And when I worked with Lancome, I was fortunate enough to be working in the lab because my contract was out of Paris, which was bananas. Like imagine I lived in New York, but it was out of Paris. So I had to go to Paris constantly. Oh, really? And which ended up being like why I ultimately sort of like had to step down. But I loved it so much. I loved the team there. And I just loved the the product development aspect. I was always curious about skincare, combining skincare. I I knew I loved ingredients. I was always really interested. Mm -hmm. And when I went to Revlon, after I think about five years there, I really wanted to do my own line. And then, you know, sort of social media started happening. And I would do lots of different beauty campaigns but then I had to stop because yeah. my contract didn't allow me to yeah because there would be a photograph of me doing Sofia Vergara for CoverGirl or Drew Barrymore for CoverGirl or yeah or Reese Witherspoon for Avon or somebody for Chanel or and then so then that ended that so I couldn't you know really work on my own line mm. legally yeah so that I had to wait. So it's like a kind of crux point, really. Yeah, it's and it was yeah, it was a different time, you know. With yeah. with creative directors for brands, it was very strict, mm -hmm. and and um, I think also the the ideation process is very important. Yeah, and the process. I keep going back to the process, but you really have to ruminate, and you really have to think. Where is my point of difference here? I was looking in Barney's. I was looking in Bergdorf. I was like walking around Saks and I was like, you know what I can't find? I can't find something that feels luxurious but has ingredients that I like. Yeah. That feels safe. And I was like, mm, that's what I want to do. And at which point? Did you pull in David to work on it with you? Because obviously he's had the most incredible career with his fashion brand, Rag and & Bone. And did you sort of broach it with him or were you like, come on, we've got to do this together. If we do this together, it's going to be bigger than the world. He sort of stepped down from his day to day at Rag and & Bone to do this with me. Yeah. And he 
he is somebody who loves brand building. He loves that. That and he's brilliant at it. He's brilliant. Oh my god, he really is. He he has so much insight. He is is very. He's such a good listener. There's just so many. Mm. You know, there I could never do this with anybody else. Yeah. So. You know, he's like, I wasn't going to hire somebody else to do it with you. Yeah. You know, so it was there was no choice, really. But he wanted to. And he also really loved that there are no markdowns in makeup, usually. Yeah. <laughs> or there should Totally different world, right? Yeah. So he really was like, mm, that's that's interesting. Yeah. He's like, what? So there's no sales. Yeah. You know, and so he loved that. He never knew he would know as much about mascara. Yeah. <laughs> as he does today. But it's been a really... You know, and also the margins are so different. Everything is so different, mm. and the timelines are vastly different to so it was, apparel. So it was a good kind of step for him in terms mm. of learning a whole new category. And Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I think that Rag & Bone had become more of a day-to-day grind as opposed to, like, that that part that, you know— Yeah, the exciting the, the kind exciting of— The exciting yeah. moment where the brand's just coming up, and it's scrappy, and it's, mm. you know, it's buzzy. That, that sort of— you know, was no longer, and it was like a big mm. company with, you know, yeah. 600 employees in the office. It was just, you know, massive. Yeah. So the, they he created that, and then that was, you know, he wanted to do something new. Yeah, and what a perfect way to do it. And it means that the two of you can travel together, and it means that you've got him by your side. But I suppose the question I've got is, because it's pretty hard, I imagine, at some points working with your husband the whole time. Um, how do you get that balance right? We actually really complement each other really well in in our roles. There's no feeling like he's not fulfilled, and I'm not feeling like I'm not fulfilled. You know, we both have a creative input in terms of the packaging mm-hmm. that comes from us, you know, the aesthetic of yeah. how we want the brand to look and feel. And we have a phenomenal packaging, head of packaging, but, you know, it's our ideas essentially yeah. that she executes magnificently. But those things come from us. Yeah. And so that's incredibly rewarding that we're creating this aesthetic that is ours. Yeah. You know, it's the two of us. Powerful. Yeah, it's powerful. We create these colors from from scratch there's there's no color that's you know on uh that card the pantones it's not there's mm-hmm. no pantone it's our own yeah you know so it's it's really it's fun and and there's just so many layers that mm-hmm. that make it so challenging but so kind of exciting at the same time and it just feels like we're having this we do have this opportunity because I do think that we are one of the first brands to do sort of this luxury, mm-hmm. you know, this this sort of brand. Yeah. There's not really many like this because we have the artistry. We have the skincare benefits. We have the innovation. We have the clean and we have the performance. We have all of those elements yeah. in one. And I, I think, you know, for us, it's really just we have to evolve, evolve and yeah. evolve because there are so many brands that are going to do things, you know, in yeah. a similar way now. Well, so we just have to keep, keep you're moving. A, you're a luxury leader. So people and lots of brands will be watching your every step. So without giving too much away, what would the next step be? Because you are a lifestyle brand yes. um, and you could go in multi different ways. But And I also love your brand name, Westman Atelier. And I feel like there's so much you can do with the mm-hmm. word Atelier in terms of building this kind of destination, mm. really, a lifestyle mm. destination. Mm-hmm. 
So without giving too much away, Gucci, what, yeah. give us a little snippet. Well, so I love, you know, things that add something to your day-to-day life. And I'm a big fan of wellness. I think, you know, I obviously love skincare. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe there's something around that. And I also love, I love fashion. I love accessories. I love all mm. those things. And I just love that there are no limitations and, and you've got the you're the most creative duo, so there really are no limitations, right? Other than time, you know, and as you say, that's the that's the only thing. Getting it right is yeah. a huge oh, priority. Huge priority, and we also want to be known for efficiency and delivering on time. But I I have to say that nine and a half out of ten times, my instinct is right. Mm. If I think I should do something a certain way, yeah, and then I listen to somebody else. So you have the confidence to kind of follow that gut instinct. And if I haven't, then I have to go back and do it the way I thought I should have done it. Yeah. Which but is for the most part, I stick to what I my instinct. You stick to you stick mm-hmm. to what you know is going to yeah. be what resonates. And I think that is so you know important as well, especially when you're branching out into mm. a product line like this because, you know, it is such a curated um, collection of beauty mm. and it is so collectible. And I think if you are a Westman Atelier fan, do you once you've bought one mm. Westman Atelier product, you're going to want them all because mm. they are just so beautiful and they have such great shelf appeal um, that you want to you want them in your makeup drawer. And have you um, since you've launched, have you had any kind of surprises on your entrepreneurial endeavors what is it that you've discovered about yourself that you didn't know because you've gone from being a freelance makeup artist with a jobbing from job to job whether that's Mm -hmm. a cover to a movie to running a business Mm -hmm. with you know 70 plus people in it what has surprised you in that sort of journey that I know what all these weird terms are now like (laughs) cogs and vmos and uh (laughs) ebitda like I I had no idea and no interest in any of those things yeah. prior to this. But, of course, you know, I need to, to have a little bit of an understanding of the business side of it. And it's fascinating. You know, at, at the end of the day, it's all about a mar- marriage of art and commerce because, mm. you know, you need – it needs to be the balance. And uh, what else? I never knew that I would kind of, like, be on a camera so much. Yeah. Like – that you're at, yeah, you're oh, at the front. You're, it's not God. you doing the makeup for other people. It's you're there doing your own. I know. Yeah. I never knew that. And But actually, the way I, I kind of accept that is because I feel that I'm sharing something valuable with people, you know, because I have frustrations. And mm-hmm. so I feel that if I'm showing myself like a real person with real issues, with all sorts of skin complications, revealing that side of myself. It's the realness, yeah. It's, you know, it's the real deal. And yeah. I'm I'm sort of like in my bathroom and I'm like, or in a car and I'm just kind of like showing quickly how I can make it better. Yeah. I think that that's beneficial to people. So I can accept that, you know, because I, I used to struggle with like, to be honest, social media. Yeah. I used to struggle because I used to think, I don't want to like sit there and take selfies of myself, you know, <laughs> but, but I think I've, I have a different You've way of viewing it, yeah. it now. It's, I'm, it's, I'm looking at it through mm. a different lens now than yeah. I, than I did before, because now I see it as, you know, a community and it's sharing ideas and, and it's communi- sharing, communicating, sharing your knowledge, your expertise with that community, which mm. if, you know, 
none of us know how to do it. You have a specific talent. And, you know, even just like a quick cheek touch up or a quick lip touch up, Mm -hmm. the way you do it will be quite different to the way sort of somebody who has not had that experience would do it. So you're right. It connects on a human level, but it also helps all of us along the way to look and feel a little bit fresher and a little bit better. So don't stop. Don't stop. We love it. I I think it's just, you know, there's a lot of people that are that want to look like just better versions of themselves, but not like they're done. They want to have like beautiful, flushed, glassy, healthy, fresh skin. They don't want to look like they're contoured and they're cakey and they're manipulated and taking hours doing something. They want to look just, you know, kind of like an improved, enhanced version of themselves. And I I think that I just want to help people show them how to do it and what products to use and how to do it safely and wisely. And yeah. And have a nice experience. And if, is there anyone that whose makeup you would be desperate to do that you have not yet done? Mm. I haven't done Margot Robbie. Oh, she she is so beautiful. Oh, my God. She's like perfect. She's What's got wrong the, with her face? She is perfect. so perfect. She makes me crazy. She's so perfect. Yeah. Like she would be. She's got a great face oh, to kind of get. God, that face, the yeah. eyes, and the. So Margot, that's a if real she's cute. listening, we need to sort that I out. I know, Margot. I don't know if Patty Dubroff is going to let me in there, but <laughs> no, yeah, Margot, Olivia Coleman, Jodie Comer. Mm-hmm. I'd say those would be my the kind of like. I would they, love to yeah, do they need girls. to be part of the Westman Atelier <laughs> tribe, don't they? Yeah, we could, they could at least love the product. And in terms of, you know, you've got this big business now. It's growing fast. It's pretty exceptional. You've got, you're still doing your artistry. You've got three children who need Mm. their mama all the time. And you are constantly on the move, whether that's going to trade fairs, looking at new packaging, or, you know, you're you're in Australia right now. What do you do for your own kind of like sense of well-being? And how do you keep that very calm persona that we know and love? Mm. Gosh. Well, so I I think that routine is really important for me. And obviously when you're traveling and there's such a different time zone and you're exhausted, like t- too exhausted and too little time to be able to do the things that make you feel better, such as exercise, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't, I'm not so hard on myself anymore because I know when I get home, I have, I'm pretty consistent with my lifestyle, but I do map out time for myself to exercise yeah. and knowing like what food I have that mm-hmm. I want. You know, I'm not like whenever we sh- we shoot, you know, sort of content at our house, the team will always order food and say, yeah. do I do I want something? I'm like, no, I have my lentils in the, in the fridge. Yeah, I'm good. I just am very much a creature of of habit when I'm I'm home. I'm very consistent with I have the same breakfast. I have yeah. very similar lunch. And if I'm, you know, working so in the city. That keeps your kind of head in the yeah. zone. And yeah. And it just keeps everything, digestion, mm-hmm. all those things on track. I yeah. just, I like to, it makes me feel. And, you know, obviously I meditate in the morning and and some, I try to in the evening, but sometimes I, <laughs> I fall asleep. Gosh, and good. I'm reading a really good book. I love reading. Oh. I feel like that's what, really. What's, what are you reading right now? Um, it's called Gentleman. In Moscow, it's Armor Tulls. It's he's a beautiful writer. If you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a go. Oh, my, his first book is called Rules of Civility, and I just completely fell in love. It's so charming and so beautifully written. Mm-hmm. So I read that, and then I just couldn't wait to get this this one. And it's just, it's like reading a beautiful. It's lyrical. It's so mm. beautiful. 
So, so it takes your mind away from mm. busyness of yeah. I like reading all a good the book, things. and then I just love getting yeah. engrossed and and then some. You know, if I'm working in the city, if I have meetings or I'm doing a shoot in the city, I I try to take the train sometimes because I mm-hmm. like reading on the train. Yeah, me too. I find it super soothing. So do I. It's not like taking the train in Europe though. Yeah, <laughs> like going to Grand Central from White Plains or Mount Kisco is like yeah. no, it's not that like chic sort of feeling but it's the the kind of the noise and the it's focus you can get your head down no i uh-huh. i love getting on a sort of train and zoning out it's yeah a weird and i thing. just feel like it's so efficient mm-hmm. such a good way to travel and talking of travel mm-hmm. i mean you've seen the world you've mm-hmm. been on amazing shoots you've been you know you've traveled everywhere where would you say would be your kind of five must visit locations uh i really really want to go to india never been to India. I was actually nominated for this Vogue Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Well, guess what? I didn't get it because I didn't go. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) No one would go with me. It was in August. And David's like, no, that's monsoon season. We're not going to Mumbai in August. (laughs) And I was like, really? I couldn't get anyone. I asked all of my kids, (laughs) David, not even your 15-year-old who would be up for an exciting challenge. I know. Nobody. Everyone's like, uh-uh. And I was like, we get two first-class seats on Al Etihad, and everyone's like, no. Damn. I know, damn. So I was like, do so I still get still, the award? And they're like, mm, You no. need to be here. <laughs> so that's still so, on your bucket yeah, list. Yeah, India's on my bucket list. I I haven't been to Ecuador. I'd like to go there. Cuba. So there's a few places mm. other than the the sort of high-low world of fashion and beauty yeah. for you to still visit. Now, before we finish, we're going to do a little bit of a quick fire round. Nice, I like it. Um, and to See finish... How quick my brain is To firing. finish on a high before you do host the next event for Mecca tonight. Mm-hmm. So, Gucci, quick fire round. What time do you wake up and what is the first thing you do in the morning? 6.40, meditate. Okay, what time do you go to bed and what is the last thing you do at night? Between 9.30 and 10, kiss David. Aww. If you were a Westman Atelier product, which would you be and why? Complexion drops. Yes, definitely. It's you personified. Um, what fashion item is your current obsession? And I think I might know this. Oh, gosh. My f- current fashion item. You know, I've been really into some of these Australian brands that I was fortunate enough to borrow Lee Matthews and Math Mateau. Mateau, yeah. Mateau. I'm into those brands. Uh, I really like this Matan jacket that I've been wearing. And I like discovering new brands. Oh, I also like that brand Soar. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, it's also Aussie. And are you wearing Lauren Rabinsky on your bracelet? Is that Lauren Rabinsky? No, no. this is this is Tiffany. Oh, it's Tiffany. It's the Tiffany lot. Birthday present. It's pretty special. Thank you. I mean, I, I do I have to say what else do I love? Fashion. Jeans. I love You're jeans. The denim I like. Queen. I really like accessorizing. Yeah. I like shoes and belts because I feel like you can pers- like yeah. make it personal. Add a little bit of a, I like a neck scarf a lot. Mm. You know, I like just adding my own twist to something. Something like you've got that lovely kind of easy style, but with those special touches. Mm. I approve. Thank you. Thanks, now, Kate. last question: What song is the soundtrack to your life right now? Oh, my gosh. I really like Toots and the Maytals Country Road. 
Excellent choice. It's a good one. Gucci, thank you so much for joining me today. I could sit in here for hours, but I think I've already had hours with you today, so you're probably sick and tired no, of me. never. Make sure you do that trip to India. Um, and please keep those beautiful Westmen. I'll be nominated again. Yeah, I think they will <laughs> if they know now that you're going to come. And keep those beautiful Westman Atelier products coming because we are your biggest fans. Oh, so thank, thank you. you so much. And good luck with the rest of your Aussie trip. Yes, I can't wait. And I can't wait to come back to Melbourne, hopefully next January, hopefully to watch the Australian Open again. I think that might happen. That was magic. <laughs> I love that idea so it's much. so good. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mecca Talks. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your favourite podcast app and you'll be notified as soon as our next episode becomes available. Don't forget to rate, review and share this episode with your friends. And I'm on the roll.